Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to another episode of the Ahmed Khan podcast. We hope you guys are enjoying it. And if there's any other feedback you have, please let us know. Uh, today we're joined again with Brother Ayad um, for another discussion on a very important topic, um, a topic which I've been really meditating on very deeply, um, and that's the topic of death. Um, and really the topic is inspired by this book, perhaps um, after the Quran, maybe the greatest book I've, I've read in my life and a book in which I've spent at least four or five months deeply meditating on, and that's Al-Ghazali's book, on the remembrance of death and the afterlife. And I think this is an incredible topic for us to be focusing on, for meditating on. And inshallah, inshallah, if Allah wills, we'll do a book, uh, we'll do a book club, inshallah, on this text um, because it's so powerful. Um, but the reason why I'm so interested in this topic is because um, recently I've been pondering over, you know, th this hadith and it's a very important and profound hadith that I think will leave a lot of people meditating on their lives in which the Prophet wasallam said that a time will come where the people will, they will come upon one another to attack you. And so he's speaking to the companion saying the people will come and they'll attack the Muslims. And when they'll all come together to attack you, it'll be as if they're inviting each other to a banquet to eat one dish. And one of the companions responded and, and said, will that be because we'll be in such small numbers at that time? And the Prophet ﷺ said, no, you will actually be numerous at that time. Your numbers will be large, but you will be weak and rubbish. And Allah will remove the fear of you from the hearts of your opponents. And somebody asked, what is the reason behind it? Why will we be in such a bad state? to which our enemies will look at us as scum. And the Prophet said, The Prophet said, Love of the world and dislike of death. The fear of death. And there's another hadith which I was, which uh, Shaykh Hamza actually did a podcast on yesterday in which the Prophet said that the hearts become rusted as does iron with water. Right, because when water goes on iron over time, iron begins to rust. And the Prophet wasallam saying that the hearts they will get rusted as well. And someone responded and said, "What is the thing that we could do to clean our hearts once they get uh, rusted?" To which the Prophet wasallam responded and said, "Frequent remembrance of death and the recitation of Quran." And these, the you know. You know, uh, you know, Sheikh Hamza wrote an article called Death, Dying, and the Afterlife in which he said that he was reading the entire Quran from the perspective of death because he, he needed to write this article. And he said, I found that on every page there was a reminder of death. And that the surahs that were constantly reminded to recite every night, such as Surah Mulk, Surah Yasin, and Surah Waqi'ah are, are all death meditations. And it really got me thinking as to the importance of death and how, you know, Islam wants a person to conceive of death. Um, one of the reasons why Islam spread so quick, quickly, as some of the, you know, Western or Orientalist people claim, is that when you're going to warfare against the Muslims, it was very difficult because if you defeat it, because if they beat you, then they won. 
But if you defeated them in battle, they were still the winners because they achieved martyrdom because they weren't scared of death. And so um, as somebody who has experienced what I like to call um, a near-death experience, which is the reason behind me picking up this book and really reflecting deeply on this, um, I think there, there there's several points in this book. Again, it's a very lengthy book, um, so we can't cover it all even in you know five, ten sessions. But I want to read some of the things here and just leave the audience with some points to really meditate on deeply. And I think one of the first things I'll start with what Ghazali says here in this book is he says, the only reason people are not afraid of death is because they haven't really contemplated on it deeply. And instead they choose to ignore it. And I find this quote so profound because there's this uh, interview, Joe Rogan was interviewing one of the UFC fighters in which the UFC fighter said to Joe, he said, Joe, I'm going to ask you a question that's been bothering my mind for many years now. To which Joe Rogan responded. He said, yeah, bro, open up. Let me know what is it. To which he responded, he said, I love my wife very dearly. But the thought that we're going to be separated from death and to be placed in the ground and to become dust forever is something that terrifies me. To which Joe Rogan responded, we don't even have to think that far ahead. Let's just live this life as is. And it's, it's it's really a reflection of our society in which we choose to ignore death. And in an age of COVID, when, you know, we're constantly being thrown with all these numbers of how many people are dying, people are getting all this anxiety, people are getting all this fear. But from the Quranic perspective, death is not something which is meant to be feared, but it's something that one's supposed to prepare for. And so I think that's a good place to begin this discussion on how often are we actually meditating on death? And is it something that we are constantly fearing upon? Right, bro? Yeah, man. You know, as you're talking about this, this there's one thing that's going through my mind is the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that I just heard recently as like a reminder was um, when Prophet ﷺ said, remember often the destroyer of all pleasures, which is death, right? Mm -hmm. Because in all honesty, man, like I've had those nights. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you've had those nights as well. Like you're about to go to bed and then all of a sudden, like you get this like thought of like, you know, death, I guess. I've, I remember once, there's one night specifically, I think earlier in the summer this year, I was like, I was about to go to bed and like something hit me. I was like, all of a sudden, I just started thinking like, I, I'm even getting goosebumps thinking about it now. I'm like, yo, am I going to wake up tomorrow? Like, mm. am I really going to wake up tomorrow? Like, do I have enough time in my life to like fully do the things that I want to do, like for the sake of Allah in terms of trying to get towards Tajanna, right? And when I think about the hadith a lot, I'm like, really, like, remembering death, really, like, it takes you away from wanting to, like, get attached to anything in this world or, like, those materialistic vibes that you hold within yourself. It just, it Mm -hmm. completely walks away from you. You're like, bro, like, am I really going to, like, chase this when I I can't bring it with me to the next life, when the next life is permanent and this is all temporary, right? It's a very, it's a very deep topic that a lot of people, like you said, like they choose to ignore nowadays and that like, that includes me. I can't lie. It includes me, but 
like bro it's i don't even there's so much <laughs> to think about it there's so much to think about it because there's okay like for example like my mom take my mom for example she is she is someone that like she tries to remember death as much as she possibly can alhamdulillah but the reason she is that way is because she has a very she's claustrophobic right and she has a very like fearful like feeling towards specifically the cover because mm. every time something happens there where she's in like an area where she's it's like tight she's like all of a sudden she's like yo this is how it's gonna be in the cover it's like mm. oh bro like i'm gonna get squeezed it's gonna be mm. dark i don't i'm gonna i don't know nah. what i'm gonna do right and like everything leading up because the thing is bro you don't know what's gonna happen in there too the death is certain mm -hmm. but what's uncertain is like the timing of your death Mm -hmm. when it's gonna happen how much you got on your hourglass left and what exactly is gonna happen in that cover too you know what i mean you know there's there, there's a hadith imam al-ghazali mentions in here um i can't remember if it's authentic or not um but we can take the meaning and it's very scary it's terrifying All right. and the hadith says that um when you die you are placed into your grave and the grave i'm paraphrasing and the grave kind of closes on you um, and the people walk away and the grave says, did you ever think for a moment you wouldn't be alone here with me? Don't, didn't you ever, didn't, you know, were you heedless in that you forgot that this day would ever come? That you're all alone here? Your family has all left you. You hear their footsteps as they walk away and it's just me and you now. All you know, alone. you know, you know, just off of that right now, like I want to ask you because I remember you telling me this. I don't want people to hear this. That moment when you were going through that traumatic event in your life, and like you said, to this day, it's the most traumatic thing you've ever been through when you broke your face. Remember when you were telling me you were in the hospital and like your eyes were closing, everything was going down, like you, everything was shutting down in your body. In that moment, you thought you were about to meet death. Tell me exactly what you said in those moments about like your family, about your friends, what you really cared about in those moments and what you were thinking about, because I need people to hear that. Yeah, um, I actually I said I would do a podcast on this topic um, a while back, so I think it's time. But, um, you know, it's definitely everybody has traumatic moments in their life. And this was yeah. without a doubt um, the scariest moment of my life. Um, for those who don't know, I took I took an elbow to the face and I completely shattered my face. I broke bones. My eye like drooped. So my eye was lower um, and I required plastic surgery and I was on the strongest of drugs for a long time. Um, but in the moment in which I was hurt, I immediately fell to the floor um, a couple seconds after the hit and I began to lose all sensation in my body. And I didn't have the ability to move. I was losing the ability to, to even move, lose my fingers, move my fingers, losing the ability to walk. And slowly I'm beginning to lose my ability to speak. And so I'm picked up and I'm placed in a car and a car is driving full speed to the hospital at around 12 a.m. at night. And as I'm, as I'm losing all sensation in my body and I'm losing my speech completely, I don't know what's going on and I don't know the future. And there's a moment there where I see death. And in that moment, you know, I was extremely terrified. And what's very ironic 
is the week before I, I had made a tweet saying that I was ready to meet death. La ilaha illallah. Subhanallah. I, I made it. I literally made a tweet saying when you, you know, when you finally come to a point where you can look death in the eye and not be scared, then you've made it. Then you've conquered death. And it was a very arrogant statement of me to kind of think that I had reached that level. Mm. And so in this moment, you know, there's that one moment where you see death. And in that moment, nothing else matters in your life. At that moment, I could care less about my family, about my mother, right? The person most beloved to me in my life is my mother. But at that moment, I said, I don't give a damn about my family and anything they're going through because I'm, 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 I'm at the door of death right now. And, you know, I, uh, and the, the scary thing is there's a hadith that says that, um, you know, during the last moments of a person's life, shaitan will place whispers into their heart, convincing them of everything. And there was like a fraction of a millisecond where I questioned everything, where I said, is all of this really real? Is everything that I've been taught really what all reality is? And immediately I, I came back to my senses and with the last remaining ability I had, I said, I said my shahada. But to me, the most terrifying thing, bro, is what if Allah had removed my soul at the moment I had that doubt? Oh, bro, that scares me. That scares me so much, bro. Oh, my all, God. All of the good that I've done in my life, all of it, at that last moment, it didn't even help me. And the soul is taken. And you die on doubt. You die on disbelief. And that ultimately, and, you know, I, I, was, I was stuck on the bed for um, over a month. Um, I could not, I could barely move. Um, and I had this book with me in which I kept ref reflecting, kept meditating upon and realizing that ultimately this world is all a facade mm -hmm. and the world will trick you into thinking that you should be here for forever and you should delight in the pleasures here. But, you know, the day will come, I'm going to walk into the masjid and it's going to say, you know, we're going to have the, the prayer salah, the janazah salah for my father or my mother. Or conversely, my father will walk into a masjid and they will say, we'll be having the janazah salah for your son. And mm. so it's, it's a bit terrifying to think that either I'll be burying my father or my father will burying me. Mm. Or we, bo we both bo won't be together during that time. And so everybody that I love in this world, I love them from the bottom of my heart. But ultimately, I know that they will come where they're going to be separated from me. And Ghazali mentioned something beautiful, which I think is, is something that will remove the fear many people have from death, the anxiety that people get when they think about it. And when we talk about death, we're not speaking about it in a morbid manner because we believe in the, in the next world. And so Ghazali says that whenever you've lost a loved one, remind yourself that this is not a permanent breakup but rather a temporary breakup in which your loved one has moved on to the next world and is waiting for you to join them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very different way at looking at death. When you lose a loved one, you know, for, for an atheist, in their mind, that person's gone for the rest of their life. I'm never going to see them again. I'm never going to yeah. speak to them. Whereas in our paradigm, we will see them again, inshallah, if we're on the right path. And we have hadiths that are, that are actually very interesting that say that when a person dies and he moves on to the next world, the souls all greet him. And they ask him questions and they say, you know, 
what's Aya doing, bro? I haven't heard from him in a while. Like, what's the scene? Is he still at UBC? <laughs> <laughs> He's gone to pharmacy. How's he doing, man? Oh, he get married. <laughs> Subhanallah, it's, 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 a, it's a very different way of looking at things. And for us, there's a lot of optimism in death. And that if some, you know, and again, it ties back to this problem of evil that people say, why is there so much evil in the world? Why did God allow that child to be killed? But that child is on has has its own palace in the next world, and he's yeah. he's having a great time, <laughs> right? And Allah says, "Don't think those who have died in the cause of God are dead; rather, they are alive and they are seeking God's provision." And that's why mm. we don't do a janazah salah for for martyrs, right? And these people, I, really? Yeah, we don't we don't do it. I we never, don't do a janazah salah for martyrs. I never knew that because they haven't died. They haven't died, right? So, uh, I think about this often with some of the some of my loved ones who've passed away, and it's for me. I'm I'm looking forward to that day where we can reconvene these conversations, yeah. where we can talk about the past. And it's the Quran, it's either in the Quran or the Hadith, it says that in paradise, you know, they'll sit on their couches, their thrones, and they'll talk about their life in the previous world. And they'll say, "Ah, yeah, do you remember when we were doing those podcasts, bro? <laughs> and like the wife I used to cut out. <laughs> Definitely look forward to that, inshallah. You know, the thing is, like, when I, 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 it's just when I think about all this, I'm like, yeah, it's it's there, it's eminent. But the one thing that that's been weighing heavy on my mind lately is just for this specifically to prepare for it. I think me myself personally." is just finding that like happiness and peace and being alone because at the end of the day you're going to have to be alone but that being said recognizing that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always there with you right mm. and i think like i mentioned when we last spoke about like having having that perspective on allah that allah is like allah is my friend right my best of friends and my closest friend but mm. like before that i'm a slave to him right mm -hmm. i'm like he's my master i'm a slave like praising whatever like i'm supposed to i need to which is honestly 24 7 how mm -hmm. it's supposed to be but like in times of need and in times of like loneliness quote unquote what we call loneliness when you're actually really not alone because allah's everywhere right i mean no i'm sorry allah's not everywhere like allah's above the throne you get what i'm saying but allah's there with you right um uh like those moments it's just like I feel like when I when I grow towards more of that feeling, like in a sense, in my opinion, I feel like I'm preparing myself more and more for the detachments I need to I need to fulfill or not fulfill. I mean, like have to face later on in the future, whether it be with my parents moving on to the next life, my brothers, you know, my friends. Right. It's, it's bound to happen. It's inevitable. Obviously, every soul so barely taste that course right so like i feel like a so being like falling in love with solitude mm. is something that i would suggest to people that are listening just like you know just try to see walk on with it man like test the waters and see how uh -huh. you feel yeah. exactly exactly and i mean you should you know you should be content with solitude because you're going to be in solitude for a long time yes man <laughs> A lot of people forget that you're going to be spending a lot more time underneath this earth than you will be above it, right? And it, subhanAllah, uh, the, the, the Arabic slips my mind, but 
there, there's a conversation between Allah and the disbelievers on the day of judgment in which Allah asks the people, how long were you on earth? And to which the people respond, we were there for a day or maybe part of a day. And th I think that's in retrospect to what they experience in the grave and how long the day of judgment is. Is that in comparison to those two things, the person's life in the day was barely anything. Mm. Right? And at the same time, they gave up everything of that next world just because of this world. And like like the hadith of the Prophet wasallam says, the two diseases that will make my community so weak are love of the world and fear of death. And so... If you read a surah, for example, like Surah Waqi'ah, which is called uh, the event, referring mm -hmm. to the Day of Judgment, it's a very profound surah where Allah explains that there are three groups on the Day of Judgment. You have the Sabiqun, the foremost people, like the best of the best, right? The cream of the crop. And then that, that and then you have the second group, which is the people of the right, Washabul Yameen, and then Washabul Shimal, the people of the left, the people of the left being the losers. But there's a very profound verse in Surah Waqi'ah, bro. Very profound. And this is going to uh, mind-boggle a lot of people. Um, in which uh, near the ending of the surah, there's a conversation that Allah has with the person where Allah asks rhetorical questions. And one of the rhetorical questions is, um, uh, and I, I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember the exact English, but it says that, um, when the soul of the person is being removed away from them and you look upon it in a state of helplessness, trying to bring the soul back, know that we are closer to that person than you are. Whoa. And there, you know, there was somebody, uh, my aunt, you know, Allah, Allah have mercy on her, um, who passed away. And I remember I was with her on the last moments of her life. And she was in the hospital bed. She had all the machines up with her. And we could see the heartbeat was dropping one by one by one. And everybody in the room is panicking. They're looking at her, trying to see whatever we can do to help her. And for me, my mouth was just closed and my eyes were open because I was aware of what's going to happen. And one by one by one, next thing you know, you hear the loud noise from the machine. Like beep, beep. Beep. And in that moment, you realize what has happened. The nurse comes in, she runs in, she checks the pulse and she says, I'm sorry that she's passed away. And for me, it's like in that moment, the soul was being removed. And there we were looking helplessness, helpless, mm -hmm. trying to get the soul back in. But Allah says that we are closer to you, to them in that moment than you are when you're with them. And the most terrifying thing about that, bro, the most terrifying thing is that the angel of death was right beside me. In that room. The angel that of death was right room. there. And there's a saying Ghazali mentions in this book. Um, I believe it's a hadith. Again, I, I need to check if it's accurate or not. But the meaning is profound in which he says, when the angel of death comes and the angel of death takes the soul of a person, he sees the people around him crying. To which he responds, the day will come when I will come back and I will have taken all of their souls. <laughs> and it's like every day, every uh, and every moment, the angel of death takes a step closer to you and closer and closer. 
and you can't see how far he is from you. But don't fall into that state of heedlessness, thinking that he's far away, where in reality, he might be just a step behind you. I mean, look, many of us are young. How many times have we heard about a young person dying in an accident, a young person uh, dying in their sleep, a young person being diagnosed with cancer? Um, In my own graduate class of high school, several of the people have already passed away. Extremely healthy, but they developed cancer. One of them developed um, a brain tumor. Extremely healthful, healthy, successful student uh, on a scholarship at UBC Engineering. Absolutely brilliant. One day realizes he has a tumor, and several months later he passes away. Right at the age of nineteen, at the age of twenty. And so, um, for us, it's you know the one thing I love about my father is he always reminds us of death, and he always reminds us that look, one day you're going to meet your Lord. And you're going to abandon everything here. And the world will continue on without you. And I think that's a, that's a tough pill for most people to swallow. Is the you world know, will that, run without that you. Reminds me, that reminds me of a, a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu where he says, there's three things that come with you to the grave. Of the three, two will go back to this world. There's your good deeds. I mean, like your good deeds, your bad deeds, your deeds in general. Yeah. Right. Then there's your family and then there's your wealth. So your deeds will stay with you, but your wealth and your family will go back to this world. Your wealth belongs to the world, so it will stay here. And your family will go back to this world because they have to continue on with their lives. Now, when you think about it, and the way that when I heard this hadith, the way it was put was this way. It said it was in a in the perspective of like a brother passing away, right? So like say you're the brother that goes into the grave and like put yourself in this position, like think about it. Your wealth go back to me, it means nothing. It stays in this world. Now think about your sp- family specifically. Let's just say, for example, you're married and you have children, right? And let's say you're a young brother in Islam. You're like probably like around 30. Let's say you're 30. Your wife's maybe like 27, 26. Your children are young, like five, six years old, right? Mm-hmm. And like all of a sudden you pass away. Now you passing away, they bury you, they mourn. They mourn over you, right? They're sad, they're crying. But when they go back to the world, your wife's going to realize that she needs another man to sustain mm-hmm. herself, to like provide for her, to yeah. keep moving forward with her life, right? If your wife is going to find somebody else to call husband, if your kids are going to find somebody else to call dad, right? Like, are you, like, you see what I'm saying here? Like, uh-huh. the, the, the attachment to this world only will take, will take you only so far. Uh-huh. And the sense that like you getting like, that's what I learned, bro. That's what I learned specifically this summer, this summer alone. Like I realized like, Alhamdulillah, by the will of Allah only, by the permission of Allah only, like that to me is probably one of the biggest things and the biggest blessings I could have in my life is just whatever happens, just happens. It's okay. Khalas, move on with it. Who cares if it did, if it wasn't there and if it wasn't meant to come to you, then best believe if you're practicing Muslim, alhamdulillah, Allah didn't do that for you for your own khair, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's it's not even going to last that long. And like you said, they're going to look back and be like, oh, it was like a day. It was like half a day. Yeah. Maybe even a blink of an eye, right? So was it all that worth it? That hadith specifically too, yeah, man, like just thinking about it, like, bro, they'll all go back. They, they have no choice. They have no choice but to move on. 
Like, and what it, other it, option are you given? Exactly. And it shows that, you know, people will only love you to a certain degree. Um, mm. And in that moment in the grave, the only one that will be there for you is Allah. And depending on your relationship with Allah in this world will determine if what, what what's going to happen. Is the grave going to squeeze tight on you, right? And you know, we know that when you pass away, the two angels come to you in your grave and they interrogate you. And when they speak, when they speak, it sounds like thunder. And it's terrifying. And again, going back to the reflection, uh, meditate, uh, reading the Quran, at that time in the grave, if one memorizes Surah Al-Mulk, the chapter of Kingdom, and continues to recite it, it will act as like like it will it will be it will act on his behalf during the grave, mm. during the grave, and so the Quran is really like 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 one can argue the Quran is a death meditation, um, constantly reminding the person that look there's another place you're going to, and it's very interesting. Um, so the Quran says. Uh, that people are so so uh they've become so uh engaged in this worldly life so consumed by it until they visit the grave and i was once uh i was once speaking to this um atheist friend of mine and i said to him you know don't are there ever moments in your life where you kind of contemplate your own existence or where you contemplate god and he said, when I was at my friend's funeral and everybody was around him and they were religious folk, you know, it really got me thinking about what's going to happen when I pass away. Because the funerals are the wake up call. It's where you, you know, everybody realizes in that moment, like, this is a very serious matter. Nobody's laughing at a funeral. Nobody's smiling. Nobody's throwing around jokes. It's a very serious moment because people, irrespective of whatever creed they follow, understand that this is a very somber moment and that ultimately even though it's not said people realize that one day this is going to be them but the reflection upon death is something that's a really a wake-up call and like al-ghazali mentioned here the reason why people are people are not terrified of death some people it's because they haven't really meditated on it and they haven't pictured themselves in the grave and they haven't pictured themselves being interrogated by these angels and being separated from all of their loved ones right i mean again this is not we're not saying this to get people morbid to get people feared but rather understand that death is the door to meeting allah and the way you want the way the way to meeting allah is through death because death well death is that door that barzakh that after it leads to the day of judgment and the day we meet our lord and so it's something that we shouldn't seek, right? The Prophet said you should not, you know, pray for death, but it's something that, you know, we should keep in mind. And so Imam al-Ghazali, in this book, he mentions a beautiful story of a child, of a young boy who, you know, as many children are, they're very heedless, right? They're just going around, they're playing, they're not thinking too much about things. Um, and as he grows up, his mother tells him that, oh, my son, um, you know, don't be in a state of heedlessness, um, worship Allah because you don't know when death is going to reach you to which he tells his mom don't worry about it and soon enough he ends up on his deathbed and his mother is speaking to him and his mother said I told you when you were a child not to mess up and now look at you you're on your deathbed and you're in a state of regret because you wasted your life and look at how he responds he says to his mother he says 
um, I have a good opinion of my Lord, knowing that he is the most merciful and that he, because he is merciful, he will show mercy on me. Mm. And he passes away and he's he, he appears in his mother dream and he said, because of the good opinion I had of Allah, Allah, Allah had mercy on me, which is a hadith, which is a hadith. And I am in the opinion of my servant. Ooh,